Scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Colossians in chapter 1. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Vancouver poet Diane Tucker's 40 new O antiphons are all seven-line prayers addressed to Jesus, the one who came down to Bethlehem long ago and will come again at the end of time. And each of Miss Tucker's 40 new O antiphons begins with a clever descriptive address to Jesus to help us think about who he is and what he does in a new way. For instance, O Lord who thought up kangaroos and cacti, each of these prayers begins with an address to Jesus and concludes with an earnest plea that Jesus do something on our behalf to make our lives fuller and richer and deeper. Lord, lift our busy eyes from all distractions. Wake us up. A bold imperative. Jesus, pay attention. Please listen to this. It's important. Wake us up. O Lord of kangaroos and cacti. Why kangaroos and cacti? Why marsupials and succulents? Well, maybe it's because they alliterate, right? Maybe Miss Tucker is like me. She loves alliteration. Or more likely, it's because kangaroo and kangaroos and cacti are such improbable, unexpected, and eccentric children of that crafty improviser called evolution. I mean, who could have seen these creatures coming down the meandering history of natural selection? Did you know that most kangaroos are left-handed? 95%. They can leap 35 feet in a single hop, 6 feet straight up. They travel at 35 miles per hour, but only forward. Their tails are so massive that they cannot walk backwards. And so, there's a kangaroo on Australia's coat of arms. Advance Australia. Be like a kangaroo. Only go forward, never backward. Do you know the collective noun that describes a group of kangaroos? A mob. It's a mob of kangaroos. Maybe because they can punch harder than mafiosos. <laughs> Cacti can grow to 75 feet, live 200 years, and go two years without water. They have been on this planet for 100 million years. They're as old as the dinosaurs, but only the cacti survived that asteroid impact in the Yucatan. Well, why are we talking about kangaroos and cacti during this season of the year when we celebrate the birth of that Bethlehem baby? Well, that's a good question, and I'm glad you asked, and I'll tell you in a minute. When I stop to ponder the vast panoply of living things that literally covers up every single square inch of sea and soil on this planet, I am perpetually astonished at God's fecund imagination. God will throw every color, shape, texture, and arrangement against the canvas of creation just to see what will happen. 
Nobody knows how many species of living things there are on this planet. We've classified two million, but we probably have at least nine, seven million to go. I've heard estimates as high as 100 million different species of living things on this planet, including the sarcastic fringe head. I'm not making this up. This is a real fish. Don't you think even God was surprised when the sarcastic fringe head showed up on the ocean floor after billions of years of evolution? God will try anything. Protozoa, plankton, porpoises, peonies, ponderosa pines, panthers, pelicans, porcupines, and Presbyterians. God will try anything. read the most wonderful article this week by Kimberly C. Patton. Dr. Patton is a professor of classics and divinity at Harvard University. It might be the most interesting and accomplished theological article I've ever read. And she introduced me to this theologian from the sixth century with the improbable name Pseudo-Dionysius the Areopagite. I love that name. Every time I say it, my neurons fire, so I say it as often as I can. Pseudo-Dionysius, the Areopagite, I call him the crafty theologian with the 12-cylinder name. It's a pen name. We don't know the name of the real person who wrote this stuff, but he lived in the 6th century. And he had the most wonderful theology. This article is about God's intimate and loving relationship with the animals of this earth, which we don't think about a lot. And Pseudo-Dionysius, the Areopagite, says that God's being is so lavish and overflowing and abundant that nothing can contain it. No container can stop God's being from spilling over. And so in the act of creation, God's being spills over into every creature God creates. And so that from every creature, from dragonfly to, dragonfly to hippopotamus, we learn something unique about God's overflowing being something we would not know if that creature doesn't exist. And so, for instance, from man and woman, we see something of God's very face and know something of God's vast intelligence. And in the smiling chimpanzee, we learn something about God's smirking sense of humor. And in the wolverine, we know something about God's startling ferocity. And in the weasel, we learn something about God's craftiness. And in my golden retriever, Retriever, we learn something about God's unwavering faithfulness. And in the swan, we learn something not only of God's inexpressible loveliness, but also of God's jealous protectiveness. In the diving monsters of the deep, like the octopus, we learn something about God's twisted imagination. And even in the bacteria, we learn something about God's irrepressible urge to spread and grow and fill the earth. Without each one of these creatures, we would know something. We would not know something about God that we can know because they're here. And we would be impoverished without them. We need everyone. Oh God, who thought up kangaroos and cacti and threw stars like snowballs into space, there are one sept septillion stars in the universe. That's the one with 24 zeros behind it. A septillion snowballs. Nebulae are swirling columns of gas and dust where the stars are born. When this gas and dust begins to spin in the same direction, it congeals and compresses, and voila, a star is born. 
astrophysicists refer to nebulae as the nurseries for the stars. Someone said that a nebula is a manger where God lays her baby stars. These nebulae are called the pillars of creation. The one on the left is four light years high. They live in a region of space that is about 7,000 light years from Earth, which means, of course, that we are not seeing them for what they are today, but what they were 7,000 years ago, when human beings were hunter-gatherers in the Stone Age. In fact, the pillars of creation no longer exist. A supernova exploded in their neighborhood and dispersed them. And so, in a thousand years, we can use the successors to the Webb telescope and watch this supernova collapse them and destroy them and disperse them. And the phrase, pillars of creation, comes from an 1857 sermon by London preacher Charles Spurgeon. Can you believe that? A sermon inspired the scientists who launched the Hubble and the Webb into space. In 1857, Dr. Spurgeon was preaching about Christmas, about Jesus, the one who comes down to Bethlehem. And he says, And now wonder, ye angels, the infinite has become an infant, he upon whose shoulders the universe doth hang, hangs at his mother's breast. He who created all things and bears up the pillars of creation hath now become so weak that he must be carried around by his own mother. Dr. Spurgeon was preaching about that text from Colossians I read a moment ago where Paul says, Jesus is the firstborn of creation, the image of the invisible God. All things, all things were created for him and from him and through him. All of it belongs to him. The kangaroos and the cacti, the stars thrown like snowballs into space, even the sarcastic fringe head, all of it's for him. And this one on whose shoulders rest the pillars of creation at Bethlehem came down quietly, modestly, inconspicuously to an unwed teenage mother in a barn of all places in a tiny village at the fringe of the Roman Empire. All of it is for him and through him and because of him. And that is why we think about kangaroos and cacti and stars thrown into space like snowballs during this time of the year when we prepare to celebrate his birth.